Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full-spectrum source for all things music insight and opinion. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, or whatever holiday you uh, celebrate. It's been, a lo- it's been a little while since we've been on the air, per se. And for those that are still with us, good luck to another year. You're the real ones. Yeah. Uh, today's date is January 3rd, 2022. My name is Bill, and of course, I'm joined here with Steve. So... I forget how long it's been since we since we put out an episode. It's been a very, Quite very long time. Quite a while. That time. Omicron variant's, you know, making shit difficult out there. Yeah, it's no joke. Affecting small businesses and podcasts. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so within the Omicron realm, have you uh, encountered anything new or interesting or anything worth noting? I have, Bill. Um, <laughs> so Sure thing, I the have. The benefit with, um, you know... Surrounding myself with like-minded individuals of music, right? Yeah. Get recommendations all the time. So this band's not new, but it is interesting. Um, The band is Beach House, right? Okay. Never heard of them. Um, And I listened to a song that was recommended to me and immediately grabbed my attention. So the way I can kind of put it, it's like modern alternative. It's in like the same breath as like Animal Collective or like more modern, modest mouse. Like it's got that very like ethereal sense to it. Okay. Very good band. So it's like a muse or something kind of along those lines. Yeah. Very like more atmospheric sound to it, but almost like the shins in a way too. Oh, okay. Like like a modern alternative. So it's funny because the first song I was, you know, knowing the person it came from, I, you know, I was like, okay, I respect their opinion. And I liked it. And I turned around and went and listened and I've like digested three full albums like very quickly. Um, So yeah, very, very good band, especially if you're in the alternative wave. Beach House. Nice. Interesting. So, my new and interesting is interesting. It's not necessarily new. Um, I have to say it because it's been the only thing I've heard on the radio in fucking constant rotation since, I don't know, Old Town Road, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, the song is Cold Heart by Elton John and Dua Lipa. Um, it's from Elton John's uh, like quarantine album that he did. Okay, it was called uh, the Lockdown Session. So this is a song that's on the radio. Oh fuck! I don't hey, listen to the this radio. This is all over the radio. I've been like, off the the radio wave since the Old Town Road era. Dude, so. literally top forty radio. This is all that's played. All that's this played. and that song. Um, so you're saying, all right, let's put this down, right? Remember uh, your Yellow Submarine story. This is almost to that point. Actually, there is a song that's past that point now. Okay. Um. All I think about is you. Heat waves been freaking me out. You ever heard oh, that song? Jesus Christ. Dude, yeah, that song, I fucking internet, kid though. you not. Every social media site. Dude, every fucking And then you hear it station. in like the turned down version on like TikTok clips and shit. Yep. Um, it's everywhere. So let's put it on average, which is Dua Lipa song, right? Mm-hmm. I'm driving on the turnpike from exit 13A to exit 2. It's about 100 miles. Mm-hmm. I have a radio station on that would be playing this song. How many times do I hear this song? In- four or five. Really? Easily four or five. But in between those four and five, you've already heard, heard. heat waves like six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In between the one and two. Okay. Dude, it's fucking nuts. I don't understand. So in other it. words, I probably drive off the... Yeah. Into the guardrail. Yeah, it, it would be over. I mean, or you could just yellow, change the station. That's like the millennial <laughs> yellow submarine moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. that the thing is with this Cold Heart song, I actually enjoy it. I do like it. Um, I don't want to say it samples Rocket Man, but it it's essentially... I mean, the chorus is exactly the same. It's, it's the same words. Yeah. And 
It, I mean, I, I like it. I'm it's not going to lie. It's, it's very See, catchy. See, this goes back to my like argument of Taylor Swift, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the fans know I'm a firm supporter of Taylor <laughs> Swift. Um, and that goes to saying with just music in general, if, if it catches my attention, it doesn't really matter the reputation that comes with it. Right. I'm a firm believer in like, I just listen to things that are good. Yeah. I have bands that I'll listen to for lyrical content. I have bands I'll listen to for a certain instrumental content. And then I have artists I listen to that just like, wow, this fucking is catchy and it, nobody else is in the car with me. I might sing along. Yeah. Loud. <laughs> this is that song. Yeah. Yeah. It is good. It is a good song. Yeah. I, like I said, man, I can't talk shit about it, but however, that heat wave song like that is fucking like it. Like, I, think, I can't handle it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's, but here's the problem though, Makes too. Makes you happy on This now. goes to the whole social media thing of like TikTok especially. Um, yeah. So many songs, and it's kind of cool because opportunity for like history lesson. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, Norton, Kurt Cobain all of a sudden becomes like Joker image type musician now, where you have all these younger Gen Z kids who like certain bands because they heard it in a TikTok song, mm-hmm. and they want to act like they know more than they do, so they can seem like they're a Cultured. part. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and. It works sometimes, and then sometimes it doesn't. But then it's also, too, how many times a song gets played for, like, different contexts just for a fucking video. Yeah. Like, remember that Oh No song? Oh, my that God. That kept playing oh on no. every video? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Like, it just eventually, like, come to a point to understand, you know, I don't know. It, yeah. Now I can't, no way could that song ever be enjoyable to me now. No, I, and I don't even know if there's a full song. Is there a full song? I hope not. Or is that just it? Like, I hope just so. that little clip? I hope that's it. TikTok, get at us. Let's figure this out. Is that a real song? Get us on our song. <laughs> start that early. So, yeah. Um, way, we're, we got way off, but Cold Heart. I, I like it. Yeah, I think I think it's a good song. It's a good it catchy good. song. Yeah. And plus, anything new from like older artists like Elton John is kind of cool to see stuff like that. Of course. Yeah. So, I guess let's move on to our music history. Oh, January 3rd? Yes, sir. So January 3rd of 1945, Stephen Stills of Buffalo Springfield, later obviously Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, is born in Dallas, Texas. Um, I, it's funny because I recently got really big into Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young again. So obviously, you know, just they were just a known band. Parents grew up with them. I was just hurt yeah. from time to time. And then I watched a... Um, I watched a documentary on Crosby and it was just nuts. Like this band was just, they were toxic as fuck, dude. And I love reading and listening uh, to documentaries about like these bands, like from those earlier times and thinking like they were just some like vanilla casual white folk just putting out this catch. And they were like, fucked up like Crosby was like on all sorts of crack and oh yeah yeah and it was just awesome like to read that because it's not a band that I would see to have like any type no, of no I always thought it was like just like, like a just dude, happy like, like, like yeah like just your, your mom that drinks wine yeah. and goes to church infrequently for holidays is like Crosby Stills and Nash is coming to the garden well I figured there had to be something goofy with them just for the like sheer fact of Neil Young yeah, like, I feel like there there had to be like a weird, but like, then it also brought to because then when he left, it was like, was he too weird for that band? But then Crosby was like way more fucked up. Oh yeah, like <laughs> overall on paper, like he was really fucked up. <clears throat> That's funny. <laughs> uh, jumping forward here to 1981, David Bowie finishes his Broadway run as the title character in the play The Elephant. Man. I had no idea he even did this. 
I I like knew about it, but I don't know to the extent. Like I don't know how long he played the role for or yeah. anything like that, or if he ever reprised it or anything like that. Literally, dude, nothing happened on January third. Like throughout I'm history. Noticing. Like, however, nothing. However, the Arsenio Hall show debuts in 1989 in syndication, bringing a spate of contemporary musical acts, including many hip hop artists, to late night during its five season run. Arsenio Hall show was underrated as fuck. Oh yeah, Arsenio Hall was awesome, and it sucks that it didn't survive. It was just I don't know. It 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 was almost like it was too cutting edge for the time period that it was. Didn't John Stewart have a fucking late night show for yeah. a period of time around the? Like, John Stewart had one yeah, right around was, the that same was time. Garbage that was it. It was bad. I know he had. I think the John Stewart show is kind of like the precursor for like the Howard Stern show. Yeah. And he had like musical acts and yeah, shit but on he, and, and stuff like that. I, one of the best, I don't really remember too many acts from there, um, but Arsenio Hall show, man. It's funny because a lot of these, and I guess Arsenio Hall didn't bring like too much of a staple to like maintain, you know what I mean? Like, Well, Arsenio Hall also had like a very like, brief like blip of superstar that's what i mean like what if eddie murphy did this instead like, oh dude if it was eddie murphy the show it's yeah it'd be on its 30th season it'd yeah. be rivaling the simpsons yeah. for fucking center <laughs> of the universe um speaking of rivaling for the center of the universe here yeah uh 2001 the dave matthews band becomes the first major artist to release a song on napster mm. when i did it debuts on the controversial file sharing platform some people did have many controversies with napster yeah i can't uh i can't think of any well, i can't think of anybody yeah i can't think of anybody off the top of my head no huh. but dave matthews band yeah fighting for the center of the universe well that's the thing too it that like that's kind of like a dickish thing it's like you have all these artists that are coming together to fight against it and dave matthews is like you know what Fuck it. Debuting this we're, shit. We're Dave Matthews band. We can do whatever we want. This, or whatever. They suck so I'm bad. Because <laughs> This is bad. It's bad music. It really is. I'm sorry. Um, so, going back now to talk about David Bowie. Mm-hmm. David Bowie is known for opportunities of scene and film. Oh yeah, and I think what's interesting is is how many movies we have seen that feature artists and cameo roles that you don't really think of until after you've like become familiar with the band. Yeah, so I think we should kind of like list off some of our favorite cameos. You want to start of with musical the, artists? Yeah, and then David I think Bowie we'll narrow it down to our favorite. I'm not even going to go with David Bowie. You have David Bowie? Um, I have David Bowie. Yeah, I, I might as well say it. The the scene in Zoolander. It is, it is good. Yeah, <laughs> it is good. He didn't make my list, um, but I'll start with one that we're very mutual of. Actually, two, but I'll start with the first one is ZZ Top and Back to the Future 3. Yes. Such a good role. Now, did you know the song that they're playing is actually the song Double Back that wound up being like the like the soundtrack song for the album? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that is like their like rendition well, I mean, it's their song, but it's the Old Western West rendition, rendition of, of that yeah, song. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. For those Back to the Future fanatics that didn't know that, now you do. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> um, one of my favorites is Blink-182 in American Pie. All right, so that's actually in my top five. 
Oh, dude, I that, love that cameo. Right, first it's so of all, perfect. I, I I was watching American Pie on some channel, and it it just reminded me of like that's becoming almost vanilla humor compared to modern oh my day God. where it feels like if I show it to my nephews, they would find it boring the same way I found like my parents like edgy films boring. Yeah. But I was rewatching on like a classic network basically. And that scene came. You watch on TCM. Yeah. Where his whole video gets exploited. And I'm just yeah. like thinking of like simpler times back then where it was just so rare for people to just like share other people's shit. And it was like a big fucking yeah. event if that ever did occur. Nowadays, like dick pics are floating in the ether. Oh, yeah. Like it's nobody's business. Nobody's even offended anymore, you know? I just thought it was funny with them with the monkey. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. The monkey was just <laughs> so just fun. sitting there, too, yeah. That is a good one. That was actually in my top one. Um, I got a weird one just because it doesn't come in a comedy context, really, but Snoop Dogg and Training Day. Okay. He's, like, in a wheelchair. He's a drug dealer that basically they go to, like, interrogate just off the streets, and it's like, um, I can't think of the actor's name alongside Train. Denzel. Uh, fuck. What the fuck am I blanking on his name right now? I'll look it up while you're explaining the scene. But anyway, it's like the first opportunity to kind of see it like in action of like Denzel's character, how he is like treating people and he like bakes them like choke up the drugs and like spit them out and everything. Um, but yeah, that that one was a really like interesting one because it's just such a Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Yeah, what the fuck? Sinister. Um, but that was that's like a very oddball one because it doesn't even come in like a comedy context at all. Well, another one of my favorite ones is also another Snoop Dogg one from Half Baked. That one's good too. Yeah, when he's sitting on the when uh, Dave Chappelle sitting on the porch or the the front stoop, and I like they were talking about the different type of weed smokers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like the I forget what the what Snoop's one was, but he just shows up, fucking basically smokes the entire blunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, all right, well I'll see you guys later. Yeah, he's like, hit it. and he just like keeps doing, it. <laughs> and they're all looking at him like, what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, couple good ones too. I think. All right, I'll talk about this one because then we can kind of merge into one that we're both very mutual on. But this one as well, Alice Cooper in Wayne's World. Yep, one of my favorites. One of my favorites, man. Because Alice, it's funny because Alice Cooper has recently been in commercials with Baker Mayfield, like during NFL games, because Baker Mayfield is just known for doing like an enormous amount of fucking commercials, and it's just yeah. hilarious because he's not that good of a fucking football player. But there does one particularly um, with him where Baker basically shows up to his uh, house and is like, I, uh, Alice, I think this was for you. And they're like these crazy fucking glam metal boots, basically. And I was like, you sure they're not for you? He's like, no, nah, I'm pretty positive they're for you, Alice. And he has like the same demeanor that he has in the Wayne's World bit where he's like super educated and calm. And, yeah. Like not what you would expect from his character on stage at all. But that, yeah, that's that was in my top three. That's so funny. I love that one. Um, now, I don't... Well, hold on. There's two, but it's basically one. It's Chris Cornell and Pearl Jam. Okay, so that's singles. the one I was going to merge into is singles. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, was, I was, that was another one we that, were going to merge into. Okay, this was the big one, Mutual, because I yeah. think the singles one is... Alice and Chains. Yeah, I think it's like the best representation of a cameo being part of the film, actually, because Citizen Dick is literally just Pearl Pearl Jam Jam with fucking Matt Dillon as like this crappy. Dude, the scene where they get their review and they're sitting at the diner, yeah, and there's like not bad, man. You know, just old press is good press, man. And then he reads it and he's like so shit. He's like. All right. <laughs> I think it's funny too. Like in their review, like they name drop like Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. like like they're like Eddie Vedder, Stone Gossard. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, just everything. it was just so funny. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, so singles. I but that movie is just like jam. The Chris Cornell cameo was hilarious too because it was just so random compared to how often you were seeing members of Pearl Jam as well yeah. as like Alice and Chains basically performing at a club. Yeah, and the Chris Cornell just like kind of shows up in that one scene <laughs> to see the radio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, do you feel like Nirvana ever felt any kind of way about not being in singles? No, I guarantee you they didn't want parts of it. Well, I know they definitely didn't, yeah. but like I'm wondering like. If they had any regrets for not doing it, no. At all. I mean, I could honestly see maybe Dave Grohl in a sense. I, I don't think, Dave yeah, hundred percent. But here's the thing: I think Nirvana. It was important for them to because they would have overshadowed everything, especially at that period of time. Yeah, like I always put it in the context of that scene in general. Like it was everybody in Nirvana because Nirvana basically paved that way for all those bands to be successful. Mm. Not to say that if you think Alice in Chains is better, if you think Soundgarden's better, that's not even for debate. It's more so the same way. Like I hate the fucking Beatles, Mm -hmm. but they paved the way for so many bands to be able to become successful. That's true. Black Sabbath, same way. Like there's so many bands in those contexts, but yeah, I don't, yeah, Dave Grohl, I could see. Oh my Coming God, out, dude. Like he wants to have years. his hands in everything. Like the same way in The Irishman when Robert De Niro's character like dies and refuses to admit that he killed Jimmy Hoffa. I have a feeling like Dave Grohl on his deathbed, like he's finally going to admit the same way OJ will probably admit that he killed his wife on his deathbed. Dave Grohl with his last breath will like, I should have been in single. <laughs> you I heard try, it here. I tried to tell Kurt, you, man. Yeah, you're going to have like an, oh yeah, you're going to have an on. <laughs> You're going to have an un, uh, unauthorized release biography or something where Dave Grohl goes on a fucking tangent about how he should have been in singles. <laughs> <laughs> like, wish he would have started Foo Fighters sooner. Kurt, I wish Kurt would have died sooner so I had freedom to like act accordingly on my own accord. Damn. You, you heard it here first. That's some deep state conspiracy shit right there. Oh my God. Could you imagine if anyone from that camp ever heard like you say that? Oh yeah. That'd be fucking hilarious. Dave Grohl would probably like want to be on the show to clear his name. Oh yeah, one hundred. Well, he tried to buy the podcast out. Is what he do? <laughs> if you're Dave Grohl, hit us up on our. Social. He'd make a documentary about it, about buying our show from us. Yeah, and then him continue to run it without us being there at Absolutely. all. And he'd make a movie about it. Of course, that's Dave. Love it. <laughs> so what else you got on your list? Um, so to narrow it down <laughs> to my two, my last two. So Billy Idol and the Wedding Singer. Fucking a. That one is was debatable to be my favorite because the way the movie goes throughout the wedding singer. First of all, the wedding singer is probably Adam Sandler's most underrated movie of like that era of like the big guy, the Billy Madison, because all those get so much attention for the comedy. But so wedding singer is just such a good movie. It's not your typical goofy fucking encore era Eminem Adam Sandler basically, yep. and. The story's great, but like throughout the movie, there's constant like Billy Idol like appearances and like music videos they're watching yeah. and just talks about it. Um, and to see him show up on the plane at the end, no one talks to Billy like that. You know, it's just, no one talks to Billy yeah, Idol yeah, that way. It's so good. It was just such a good moment. No way. But it was like perfect because then it was like the perfect ending to a goofy ass fucking oh, comedy yeah. to begin with is basically. A Robbie, I'm going to tell the sugar guys about you. <laughs> sure. Can I kiss the girl first? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so good. But like when he's like sleeping there, it's like, is that Billy Idol? Like he's just napping in first class. <laughs> Holy shit, that's Billy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that one, uh, just an honorable mention is Flea from the Big Lebowski. Dude, Flea's in a bunch of shit. I know, but that, that's my that's my honorable mention is the Big Lebowski Flea. Because that was like peak Flea right there. 
Oh my god, dude! I love the Big Lebowski. My wife Great doesn't movie. understand it. Nicole doesn't no, get it. A lot of people don't. Dude, it's just so funny. My dad at the scene where he's dumping the ashes lost his fucking oh mind my laughing, god. and my stepmom was like, "This is inappropriate." So Donnie so was a surfer. <laughs> so good. It's just so like that's one of Jeff Bridges' best roles. Oh, dude. easily, be, dude. Like he was good as Obadiah Stane in Iron Man. But of course, yeah. Yeah, the the dude, dude. I, I I constantly quote it all the time. It's like, I don't like your jerk off name. I don't like your jerk off face. I don't like your jerk off attitude. I don't like you, jerk off. It's so good. I'm sorry, I missed that. <laughs> so good. You're fucking Big Lebowski. I love that movie. Um, my last two here. Um, I'm not sure which one is my favorite. This this is my dilemma here. I got. Huey Lewis from Back to the Future. I'm afraid you guys are just too darn loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Or Alanis Morissette is God. Oh, in Dogma? Yeah. Um, Actually, Nicole just saw Dogma for the first time like, two movie. weeks ago. That's probably my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Really? Overall. Your favorite overall, overall. Kevin Smith movie? Because I, I thought about, like, Mallrats is probably my most watched, but it's not my favorite. Clerks is, like, right there as being my mm-hmm. almost my favorite. But I think Dogma is just so complete. Well, yeah, it's good. it's a full it's movie. It's the satire of it. It's mm-hmm. the dark humor. It's the use of like characters you see recurring throughout introduction of other yep. characters. Like George Carlin's role in there is absolutely great. Chris Rock's phenomenal in it. Fucking the way they utilize Jay and Silent Bob. And Matt the same Damon way. and fucking everybody. Like great. it's just it's just the most complete Kevin Smith movie in my opinion of all of them. I think Chasing I Amy is that. Chasing Amy Chasing is probably Amy's my, my, my most underrated. Chasing Amy's my favorite. Dogma's my second favorite. Yeah, because if you think of Chasing Amy in terms of all of his movies, it gets put on such a back burner compared to Clerks, Jay and Silent Bob, Dogma, Mallrat. Like, Chasing yep. Amy is more that serious film compared to all of them. It's like the wedding singer of the Kevin Smith. Discovery. I just keep getting back to like the whole, like, oh, Chasing Amy. What did you, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Fat bastard over here. <laughs> He, he thinks he could stay quiet and say some shit and have it be like groundbreaking. Yeah, the diner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so good. Um, so, so what, what? Which one do you think? Because I'm going to tell you my favorite one after you narrow yours down. My favorite, it probably, it's got to be Alanis and Dogma because yeah. it's just so funny because she doesn't talk, doesn't say a word. She's just there, doesn't say a word, and like it's like funny because of the time period that movie came out in. Like she was as fucking mega superstar and minor. So that's what I loved about Kevin Smith. It was like these almost low budget films, but he got like all these people to participate on such levels because that's, he was that type of guy. Yep. Um, so my favorite, it's actually going to be part of my recommendation because his birthday had just passed not too long ago. Okay. But Lemmy in airheads (laughs) is my absolute hands down favorite cameo appearance because it's so fucking random. Yeah. You could also put White Zombie in there, too, because of the whole club scene with Chris Farley. But the Lemmy moment is so great because, obviously, they had the who would win in a fight, Lemmy or God. It's a question, the whole situation. If you know the answer, you've seen the movie. Um, But it's like the moment where Brendan Fraser's just breaking down and figures out that his name's Chester, and he's like a dork and everything. And everyone's like, I played on the chess team. And then, like, all of a sudden, Lemmy comes out with his brutal British act. I was the editor of the school magazine. And everyone's like, <laughs> it's so good, dude. Cause it's like the whole, it's another like Billy Idol moment where it's like, he's constantly mentioned throughout in some like quick yeah. fashion. 
And then he shows up in a sea of people and says that and basically disappears. Trick question, dickhead. Yeah. I I think the Lemmy, because I Airheads was also a movie that I was just kind of like raised on. It was just like always one of those like on TV type movies where yep. I would just watch it randomly throughout. And it was just always like a comfort watch. You know what big one we didn't talk about at all? Cannibal Corpse and Ace Ventura. Very, yeah. Which is a shame because that dance move gets done at like every Cannibal Corpse show to begin with. It was funny because I was watching on YouTube um, the Cannibal Corpse Centuries of Torment. It's like three hours long, the documentary. Okay. And they were talking about like that day. Like they had, they got two calls. One was to go do Airheads in place of White Zombie. Oh, wow. And the other one was Ace Ventura. The Ace Ventura movie was big. Yeah. And they big. they say it they, they say it like 10 or 12 times, like, yep, I'm glad we made that choice. Oh, yep, yeah. we made the right choice. And then, honestly, the White Zombie moment wasn't bad, but the Cannibal Course thing was like genre-defying. Like, mm-hmm. that opened up a, who the fuck is this? Well, they were also saying it was funny because when they showed up and they're at the, on the set and whatever and blah, blah, blah. Like, apparently, Jim Carrey is, like, a super... Well, I know he's a super huge metal guy. Huge metal But, like, he was like, so what song are you guys going to do? Skull Full of Maggots? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Like, like insert Jim Carrey voice Well, it's funny because they showed, like, the interviews, and you see them pop up from time to time on, like, reels or TikTok videos where um, that Jim Carrey interview right around that time where where he's talking about Napalm Death. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's talking about... But it's funny because you could tell he's, like, new into metal. Yeah. Getting into thrash metal. Napalm death. I'm like, ah, Jim, a little off there, bud. But you get the, you get, you got the spirit, buddy. Got the speed right. Yeah, yeah. And then the vocals down. <laughs> but yeah, um, Lemmy and Arrowheads is definitely my favorite cameo of all time. Hell yeah. Great one. So what do you think? Is there any cameos that we didn't talk about? Is there ones that you wish that we did? Like Michael Jackson and Men in Black 2. That's another good one. Tom Jones and Mars Attacks. <laughs> Well, I guess let's just go down our list of honorable mentions. Uh, Stevie Nicks in American Horror Story. Oh. Kanye West in Anchorman 2. Ah, as well as The Love Guru. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mastodon in Game of Thrones. Yes, which is a hidden mention, basically. Yeah, I didn't Never even... Never would have known that. Yeah, I just like... We did a little bit of prep for this episode. And when I typed in like cameos... Because I, I like want to get like, you know, like episode, like, like season five, episode eight, whatever. And I saw Mastodon. I'm like, what? And I fucking look it up and I was like, okay, this makes perfect sense. Mastodon seems like the kind of band that would be really into Game of Thrones. Yeah. But yeah. So what do you think? Outside of our honorable mentions that we just added to the list. Can <laughs> you think of any others that we might have missed? I know Zach Weil was in Californication at one point. All right, we're slowing down because Anthony Kiedis was also in Point, point Break. break. All right, so let's fucking end this now, all right? We should be here all day. Flea was also in Back to the Future. All right, that's awesome. We, get, we done? So if you disagree with what we had just said or, you know, our picks or you got better picks than we do, find us on our social media accounts, facebook.com slash RATM podcast, Instagram and Twitter at RATM podcast, YouTube search. Rage Against the Mainstream podcast. And of course, if those characters aren't enough, you can write us a nice email at ratmpodcast at gmail.com. But Dylan, let's get into our suggestions for this week. What do you got, Steve? So going back to my favorite cameo, I am going to recommend the 1979 release by band Motorhead. Um, haven't recommended most of my like cliche bands, but I think it's time for Motorhead. Uh, the album's Overkill. 
The uh, song is actually a B-side single that was on a re-release. Uh, it was recorded in 79, but it would never made it on the official release. It's called Too Late, Too Late. Nice. My suggestion for this week is to check out the 1989 release from the Ramones, Brain Drain. Uh, the song is Pet Cemetery. Classic. It's Great just, music video, too. It's a very good video. It's an extremely good song. I don't want to be yeah. buried in a pet cemetery. Yeah, it's a catchy fucking song. <laughs> it's funny, too, because like the way he like sings that song is just like... It sounds very nasally, but, yeah. like, but it's not a Ramone. Not again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. It was a good song. Great song. <laughs> he like he like tried to pull out his like inner Jim Morrison with that one and like his inner Danzig. Danzig was catching on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He went and saw a misfit show. It's kind of funny too because like this song like has like a like a higher production value than almost any other Ramon song I've ever heard. Like um, there's like keyboards and shit in the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's like a fuller In terms of studio quality though, I mean even Rocket the Rock even the first album, but Rocket the Russia, I mean, they were always pretty polished to yeah. begin with. Um but yeah, this album was like a totally different sound compared to what they were doing. Like Leave Home, yeah. Rocket the Russia, and the South Title all basically sound the same. Also, you could find this on the soundtrack for Pet Cemetery 2. Mm, yes. <laughs> so apparently the story is about this song is that they were given the book, the Pet Cemetery book, and they wrote the song based off the book. And by the time they wrote the song, the movie had already been out. So it's on the special edition of Pet Cemetery 2. Oh, okay. You know, the another super awesome sequel from the fucking early nineties that features, you know, actors that are now washed up. Yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> most of the uh horror sequels of our time. Pretty much. I mean, and don't then, get me wrong, I did like I did like Pet Cemetery too. And if you also want to waste uh, about an hour and forty seven minutes of your life, you can watch the remake of Pet Cemetery. Mm. Yeah, based off of your not recommendation of that movie. Yep. It's uh, bad. I won't be watching it. It's badly not, it's not even badly good. Yeah, because that is a thing. Yeah, that's why I love Halloween 3. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess that wraps it up for another week. We will be back next week, I promise. Um, but until pending, then... Pending Omicron. Yeah. Pending and, Omicron. You know, um, five days. Yeah. Five days. Yeah. So find us on our social media accounts, facebook.com slash R-A-T-M podcast, Instagram and Twitter at R-A-T-M podcast, YouTube search, Rage Against the Mainstream podcast. And of course, you can write us on our email and I guess maybe one of these days we'll get like a mailing list or something, um, R-A-T-M podcast at gmail.com. But until then, this is another episode of Rage Against the Mainstream podcast in the books. My name is Bill. I'm Steve. Have a good night, guys. Thank you for listening.